Hello and welcome to What Do You Say Anime, a podcast devoted to providing you with anime discussions, reviews, and random hijinks. Episodes contain spoilers and possible shit takes on shows you love, so listener discretion is advised. If you are a fan of the show, please consider liking, subscribing, or if you are on Apple Podcasts, leaving a review as this is the most effective way of growing our channel. We are also on Twitter at What Do You Say Annie, that's What Do You Say A-N-I on Twitter, where you can stay up to date on the podcast between episodes. So without further ado, let's get started on today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Do You Say Anime. I'm your host, Peter, and with it, with always is my co-host, Adam. On the docket today, we'll be giving our take on the winter 2020 anime season. Before we jump into that, I want to give a quick shout-out to everyone who checked out our anime Jeopardy filler episode that amassed 1,000 views. As a smaller podcast, it's a huge accomplishment for us, but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't mean anything if it weren't for the people who listened and played along. Our next episode will actually be round two and our returning champ, Tropical Robot from the Anime Everyboys, will be defending his title against Lynn from Hashtag Anime Talk on the Bros Who Think Network and Spencer from Blake and Spencer Get Jumped Podcast. And that will be taking place next week since we had to take an extra to get this episode out. So with that mumbo jumbo out of the way, Adam, how are you doing today on this fine snowy Easter Sunday? Uh, I'm alright, still stuck in quarantine. Kind of upset that our anime convention got cancelled last week. But uh, new skill came out in RuneScape, so I've been grinding away at that and watching a bunch of anime in the meantime. Yeah, I've been uh, taking my focus into some MMOs too. I got into the Final Fantasy MMO, and that's been a lot of fun. But since I'm spending 23 and a half hours a day inside of my house, I need to find a way to spend some time other than just playing an- or uh, playing anime, watching anime. And luckily this season has been, the new season has been really good, but today we're going to be focusing on the winter 2020 season. And we had some stinkers, we had some average shows, we had some pretty good shows too, but I'd say overall this season in general was pretty mediocre. Adam, do you have like any thoughts on like the general landscape of the winter 2020 season? Yeah, I think mediocre is a good way to put it. There's a couple shows that I think were really good. A lot of people really enjoyed, but there was a lot of like sixes and sevens on the board, which we'll talk about in a bit. And then there was a lot of stuff just dropped. Yeah, so this is going to be the first episode where we have an entire segment devoted to the shows that we dropped. Because normally I'm in the boat of, I probably drop like two to three seasonals. Um, like each season, just because I watch so many seasonals that it's just bound to have some stinkers. And I think this season was seven. And I'll get to most of them, but there's some where I watched one episode and it was just pure garbage and I'm not even going to bother talking about it. So, uh, but for the most part, like we said before, a pretty mediocre, lackluster season, but I think we should start out with something that we both watched and we kind of have similar feelings on it. And that's the fourth season of My Hero Academia. The season started out at, in the overall overhaul arc. And then transition into the Gentle Criminal arc, and then into the School Festival, lastly ending, setting up Season 5 with Hawks and Endeavor. Adam, what are your initial thoughts on My Hero Academia Season 4? Well, the first part, the overhaul arc, I loved. Then you get into the Gentle Criminal arc, and I couldn't have been more bored. And then they ended up with... Right after the general criminal arc, when we get back into the school festival, into the Endeavor and Hawks section, that part I freaking loved again. So it was like kind of a tale of two different shows, really, where I had a blast for two parts of it, and then like a third of it, I could just, 
I didn't really even care what was going on. Yeah, I I thought overhaul overhaul. Why do I keep screwing up his name? Overhaul was a very good villain. I really enjoyed his arc. I thought this was setting up to be probably the best season of My Hero Academia. Uh, season two is my favorite, just for reference. And then the gentle criminal arc happened, and that was. I mean, it was. I've heard down the road for like spoilers that it's it kind of gets involved more down the road where that means more. But for right now in canon and speaking only in anime, it was pretty boring. Like it was just another, hey, let's make Deku look cool again. But as somebody who doesn't think Deku is that cool, it didn't really do much for me. But I did want to say something in the school festival arc that episode 23 where they do the Hero 2 performance... That was my all-time favorite My Hero Academia episode of all time. Oh, I, I 100% agree. I loved it. I freaking have listened to that song so many times. And just seeing, like, the camaraderie between everybody, it was great. I loved that whole performance that they put on. Yeah. The biggest reason why I love it is that you get this idea that, like, heroes would sacrifice their life for one person. And it's the overcoming of, you see Ares, like, darkness coming off of her and Mirio smiling while the song was going on. That, like, really emphasized the fact that, like, Lemillion or Mirio legit would give his life for one person. And, like, that's what a hero should be. And it made me love Mirio more. Which then transitions into, I don't understand why people like Endeavor as a hero. He's the exact same thing as Bakugo for me. Um... Where Bakugo and Endeavor get the the free pass that since they're a top-tier hero, that they can essentially do whatever they want. And I saw, like, on Twitter how people are, like, cheering for Endeavor. I'm like, Endeavor is a terrible human being. And just because he's trying now doesn't mean that like, he should be forgiven for all the things that he's done in the past. And it's really hard for me to watch a superhero show and I'm supposed to cheer for a hero who is garbage. And so that kind of took away from me from the last two episodes with Endeavor and Hawks. But then Hawks is amazing. I loved Hawks' character so much. So I had like this counterbalance of like somebody I absolutely hate and then a new character getting introduced in Hawks who I absolutely love. So yes, I am intrigued for season five. I hate Endeavor. I guess I'm ranting a little more. Do you have anything that you want to say about like maybe the festival or uh the setup for season five i think i've said really all i have to say on it just that whole middle section felt like it was filler and like you said maybe it comes up again later but the whole gentle criminal thing and i'm trying to remember the girl's name now oh la brava yeah la brava everyone's talking about i saw articles written about how great she is i'm like i can't stand her yeah she was okay i'm for me, she wasn't my cup of tea, but oh my god, I can't believe that fun just came out. <laughs> I don't know, I just like, this villain is, he's a villain because he wants clout. I'm like, this is kind of whatever, like, and he never really seemed like a threat, and he didn't really have like a villain-esque, uh, like, I, there's no chance he was like, I never had the like, feeling that he was going to like, seriously hurt Deku, like, I never got that, like, why should I care about this fight if I know that Deku's going overcome, no, like, nothing bad's going to come from it, and, like, that's exactly what happens, is it made Deku look like a hero, even though he's just fighting some, like, wannabe SoundCloud rapper, aka some YouTube clout chaser, and it's just like, this isn't really that cool, this is like if, I don't know, I could make some random, like, rapper comparison, but, like, some big-name dude trying to fight some up-and-comer, and it's just like, I don't, I don't find the appeal in this. So there's some things that took away from that part that made me almost think it was better than season two, but I still think season two is my absolute favorite. Yeah. I think their whole reason they even brought him in was just to give a comparison of like, this is what Deku could become, but you never really get that feeling like Deku was going to be the failure that he was. When he was trying to be a hero. No, so Yeah, because Deku has All Might's power. It's like, why would I ever think that this could happen to Deku? Like, he doesn't have a like a any part of his body like corrupt. Like he's just a pure blood hero. So it's like there's nothing that would make me think like this is what Deku could become if he gets 
overcome by darkness or something like that. It's like, no, no, he's just, I don't know, just took away from it. But don't want to rant on too much because I did think overall this was a pretty good season. There's just some minor parts that I don't like. And I gave it an 8. And Adam, I believe you gave it a 7. Yeah, I gave it a 7. It was just that middle arc. I just was not having as much fun. I feel like if that arc was cut a little shorter, I probably would have had a, given it a higher score. Yeah. Even up to a 9, possibly, because I really loved the overhaul arc. The, uh, yeah, I said the overall, overhaul arc was close to... It was like high 9s. And then Gentle was like five and then i just averaged it out to about an eight since at least half of the season was top tier and episode 23 was unbelievable so episode 23 itself is a 10 out of 10 so oh yep 100 so give it props for that i mean it's like we don't do decimals but it, was, it would be like a high eight or something like that but overall i couldn't give it a nine i i have season two as a nine and i don't think it was as good as season two so i gave it an eight and we'll move from one Shonen Jump adaptation to the next Shonen Jump adaptation. And that is Haiku to the top, which is season four. And then also we had the two OVAs leading up to it. I believe it was called Land versus Air, which sets up like in canon, the national tournament for like two side teams. And for this season of Haiku, we finally got the season we we're looking for after they beat Shiro Torazawa in season three. Spoiler, sorry, but... And it's their preparation for the national tournament. And we got to see Kagiyama move to a national training camp while Hinata kind of got stuck being a ball boy for their local prefecture. Adam, your thoughts on season four of Haiku? Okay, this has a very similar, like, if you were to graph out my scores, a very similar, like, uh, shape to what My Hero Academia did, where I liked the first half, wasn't so hot in the middle, and then liked the ending again. But that middle part wasn't quite as low as I scored My Hero Academia. I really liked the first part watching them like have to adapt to like not well, first they're not playing with their team. They're like playing with different uh, different students from around the nation and like learning their quirks and stuff. But uh I like just the character growth that we get at the beginning and then seeing them overcome their nerves in the first match of the uh, national tournament. Plus they introduce a really cute uh like side character from another school, a female volleyball player at the nationals that I really hope she gets like the romance she deserves, but I really doubt she will. Yeah. You got to see, uh, was Tanaka, I believe his name is. Yeah. It's Tanaka's childhood friend, Tanaka's childhood friend and kind of a, a glimpse of what could be because it's kind of hinted throughout the show, like minor romance stuff. And this is another one. I forgot like the captain, and the girl volleyball player from the same school kind of had, like, a thing for, like, half an episode. So, like, there's, like, really minor romance things, but, like, nothing ever evolved from it. And I don't really... I doubt Haiku is going to go that route since they're in the national tournament, especially setting up the next core for Season 4. But that being said, I thought that this season was a setup for the next core. I thought the national tournament... Or, sorry, the national team that Kageyama got to, like, be a part of for practice was kind of cool. You got to see some new students from different schools that weren't in their prefecture. And it kind of it's foreshadowing probably some people that they're going to be playing in the national tournament if they win their they win their first game in the first quarter and they're setting up the second game in the second quarter or in the, the last two episodes of the season, which I'm just I'm so tempted to pick up the manga, but I just think the animations are so good in the game itself that it makes it feel like this is a show that's going to be really hard to pick up the manga for just because I think the anime is so well done because Haiku is my number five all time show and so it's really hard to pick up a manga of a show that I absolutely love but I will be picking it up when the next core is finished but that being said it was more of a setup I kind of think of how season two set up the Shira Torizawa and then season three was that match and it's my favorite arc of all time I think we're leaning more towards that where this was good and it's going to be setting up something great. And so because of that, I gave it an eight, which I still think is a great score and it's a really good setup for the next score. And Adam, I believe you also gave it an eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight as well. I think the lows of this season weren't quite as low as My Hero Academia, so it bumped it up a little bit and 
both shows are like equal in my eyes. Like I love both of them for different reasons. But yeah, eight out of ten for me. I really enjoyed it, and I really, really expect this next season's probably going to be a nine or a ten. Yeah, then the uh, I really hope it's not going to be delayed either, because now we're seeing more shows getting pushed back. And what I thought this season was going to be the most stacked season of all time. More and more shows getting pushed back. And so next season might actually be the most stacked season of all time. If we keep Haiku, uh, it's planned for next season. So if we get that in like ReZero season two, and unfortunately Snafu will get pushed back as well. So crossing my fingers that this doesn't get pushed back to October, but we will wait and see. Next up we have Science Fell in Love, so I tried to prove it. A college-based bath romance rom-com where the two main characters are trying to use math and statistics to prove what love is. And I was pretty excited for this because it was a rom-com that wasn't set in high school. And I have some mixed feelings about it. And what are your general thoughts on Science Fell in Love So I Tried to Prove It? Yeah, I also had some mixed feelings on it. There are times when I was like really into it and I thought it was really funny, but it was one of those shows that I'd watch like one or two episodes and I'd be like, all right, I am done. I need to take a break and watch something else. And so like I watched this last week, like caught myself up. Yeah. So I was in like a binge mood and I couldn't binge this show as much as I was like having fun from time to time. I don't know how great a show it is i guess what i guess it's hard to hard to put what my thoughts into words i think some of the characters are fun but like the jokes kind of run a little too long it would have been better as a short maybe i agree 100 would have been better as a short and my take on it i think you might also think i think we kind of have similar wavelengths when it comes to shows like this i was hoping for a wotakoi and we got um, like a Nisekoi. Like, we got, like, a high school rom-com set in college. And I wanted them to be adults. I wanted them to, like, use logic and be mature about these situations. And they were kids. They were acting like they were 14 and they've had no interactions with people before. Yeah, it, absolutely. That's a really good way to put it. Because if they didn't tell you that the setting was in a college, or they weren't always in a college research room... You would 100% think that these are just high school kids that are just figuring out what it means to like some. Yeah, and it's like, the joke is, like, because they, they say in the show, like, I believe, like, the main boy character is 22. So I'm assuming that the main girl character is pretty close to 22, if not 22. And the whole thing was, like, we've never liked people before until literally this exact moment. It's like, really? Like, you've never had a crush on somebody and it's just them trying to, like, it's like the same, like, high school, middle school romance where they're trying to figure out how to confess their feelings to somebody. It's like, you're 22 years old. If you don't know how to do this by now, you're fucked. And it kind of took away from it. And they try to use, like, stats to be funny. Like, this is the perfect, like, we have to do this ex experiment. For example, they do, like, an experiment where, like, they fake confess each other when the sun's going down, so it's like a sunset scene. And they're trying to, like, use math to make it funny. And to me, if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. And that's what they did a lot of the show. But that being said, I did like the characters. I did like the interactions between them. I just didn't like the romance element of the show. Yeah, I, I liked, uh, what was her name? Iberata, like... I thought there's some of the small little references they dropped were awesome. Like, so she's like a four foot six, like senior who is, has like a, who's addicted to video games. She's constant. like the first time you see her, she's like laying down, playing like a cell phone game, a, like a console game at the same time, talking about how she fell asleep during like a limited time event. And so she's catching up on it. And then they give like a little bio about her and just in her like biography, her idol is uh, Daigo Umahara, which I thought was freaking hilarious because if you don't know, Daigo is a professional street fighter player who's like legendary. Yeah, so I just like small things like that I thought were great, but and their interactions with each other were fun until they started like, okay, let's move down the romance side and then I'd be like, all right, 
now now I don't care anymore. Now that the opening jokes are out of the way, the jokes you make for the sense of the plot kind of fell short more times than they hit. Yeah. And I still think overall, if you're looking for a like silly rom-com, I think this is a very average rom-com that and it's getting a dub too. So like if you just need something to like shut your brain off and you like rom-coms, I think this is an okay show. But if you're expecting like Wodakoi like I was, it's not going to be that. So I gave and it the a dub's not I gave bad. it a seven. Oh, you check the tell me about the dub if you, how many episodes you yeah. saw. I mean, I watched the first four episodes in the dub, I think. And it wasn't bad. Like the characters' voices seemed to fit. Uh was it Kanade, I think it is. The uh She's the like odd the, one out. Yeah, the odd one out. Yeah, she's like the, the normal one, I guess you would put yeah, it. Yeah, she's, she's like, like the I moderator between everything. Where she doesn't have a romantic interest in anybody. She's just the fifth wheel of this, like, lab group. Because there is kind of like a... It's not really... It's kind of hinted because they're, like, childhood friends or whatever. But between, like, the goofy blonde hair dude and the small pink hair girl. Yeah, they kind of have like and Iberata. Yeah, they kind of have, like, a... Uh, like a hint it's like a ship but like it, there's no romance the brain romance is between the two main characters with glasses yeah and yeah I don't know, the characters were all right but yeah i gave it a six all right next up is a show that i only watched and that was keep your hands off of izuken which means like a motion picture club and it's about three girls who want to start up a they're all in like well two of them are in the anime and one's in the business and that chick is awesome oh i wish i wasn't blanking on her name right now but she's the glasses girl and their whole thing is that they want to make anime and they're really good at it and then the girl's like the main girl with the glasses uh all about the business side of anime and she realizes that she can make a bunch of money off of these people so it's just a bunch of hijinks of people making anime and trying to dis distribute it while being in high school. It's done by Science Saru, who did Devilman Crybaby. It's the same director. So think of the director of Devilman Crybaby doing a slice-of-life comedy about three girls making anime. And it actually ended up being an amazing show. Uh, the animations are out of this world. Uh, in terms of like how good it is, I, I would compare it to Mob Psycho Season 2. It's that good. They had a thing where they had these animations of their... So these girls make the anime, and then you get to see what they're picturing in their head when they're making it. And so the studio had a thing where they already had the animation made for these scenes, and then it got copyrighted. So then Science Saru had to make brand new animations hand-drawn for all of these scenes, and they turned out brilliant. It's unbelievable. This is my f it's so early since this is the first season of 2020 this is my front runner for anime of the year right now absolutely love it it's near perfection if you're a fan of comedy and slice of life and just like silly hijinks it kind of reminds me of shirabako uh i give it a 9 out of 10 it's really close to a masterpiece and i think if you're a fan of those genres go check it out I do want to point, say, too, Science Saru also did uh, Ride Your Wave, which was one of the anime movies I just watched, like, last month. Yep. Which was just melting my heart. So, like, look out for them, because the more shows that they produce, I feel like they're all going to be top quality. They're making a good repertoire for themselves. Real funny thing, real quick, I just remembered. How this show was made was somebody tweeted at the director that he should make the adaptation for this manga. And the, and the director's just like, okay, I'll do it. And then he did it. This is literally made off somebody asking a director on Twitter to make a show. And I think that's, that's absolutely great. incredible. But if you're a fan of just like, uh, just great characters, such great animation and hijinks, go check out Keep Your Hands Off, Izoka, and it's on like Crunchyroll. Next up, we have a show that only Adam watched, and I believe that was Darwin's Game. Yeah, so uh, Darwin's Game, it's about a main character named Kaname who receives a text message from a buddy of his asking for some help and a link to an app that he can download. His buddy ends up being murdered. You, like, watch him get killed. And the next day at school, Kaname downloads this app only to find out that he just inadvertently got himself 
I guess, added into a survival death game like that plays out kind of like an ARG, an augmented reality game. And so everyone that's playing this game gets like a quirk or a superpower. And Kaname's is basically the ability of Shiro Emiya from Fate, where you can kind of create a weapon that he's... That's a, it can't be a complex weapon, but pretty much you can create anything that he's seen or experienced before. And he's trying to find a way out of this death game without having to kill anybody and uh, help him and his newfound friends escape. It has a cross of a like future diary and like Tokyo Ghoul. So if you've ever seen those series, it's pretty much the story of Tokyo Ghoul, but with like a yeah, like with a yandere like love interest that gets added in. It has a really good visuals. I like that. I think it's a uh, really good action series. I don't think there's really much of a point or like a theme that they're trying to get across. But uh, I don't know. It was a pretty good uh just show to watch episode to episode i had a good time with it and your rating i gave it a what was it seven out of ten i believe yep all seven right. out of ten right on all right next up we're going to our first ever shows that we dropped because there were so many shows that we dropped we thought it'd be fun to add it into like a middle section of shows so let's first start off with probably the most popular show due to Twitter and you any tubers and everything like that and that was interspecies reviewers. Adam, why did you drop interspecies reviewers? Well, because Funimation dropped it. Okay. Pretty much. I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> Alright, okay, we have two different parallels on uh, why we dropped it. Yeah, I I don't I do my best to not pirate if I can avoid it. And so once it once it got dropped, I was kinda like, well, there goes that. I also don't think I would have been willing to actually review it on this show if I had to because of just the content that it has. But it wouldn't have been a show that I would have been completely off, like turned off and not watched. So, yeah, uh, for me, it's the show is a comedy hentai. Like it's legit a hentai. I, yeah, I saw I saw some of the uh, like the because the Funimation when it had it was censored. I watched a little bit of the uncensored thing. And it's just hentai. I'm like, I don't want to watch hentai right now. Like, this is not the time and place. Like, I don't want to watch a seasonal hentai. So, I thought some of the jokes overall were pretty funny, but I just I don't want to watch hentai. That's the biggest thing that came down to it. So I dropped it. Uh, I hated like the drama that came of it because I don't know if people saw that they mass-bombed my anime list and people were giving it a 10 out of 10. And for at one point, it was the highest-rated anime of all time. So on my mal, it's set as a 1 to counteract that. But I think I thought overall, it's like, this is a really good show if you're 17 and super horny. That's my So that's my I opinion. think you and me counterbalance that out because I was one of the people that gave it a 10 just to Boo! do it. <laughs> Get off the podcast! <laughs> no, it's just more of like... Uh, to me, it was just more like I really like... I think my anime list is like a great resource and I hate to see it... Like, it was more of like... I thought it was funny that people were giving it a 10 and it was the highest rated thing, but I didn't really like the people on like Twitter or like comments on YouTube where like people were like legit getting mad at like people for like doing this. I just thought it was like way overblown. I thought people were taking a joke way too far. And it's just something I just care about like the anime community and stuff. So like, I did, it was just like a bad, it just looked bad for the anime community. So like, that's, that's the biggest reason why I didn't like the whole like drama behind it. And if you don't know the drama behind it, you're probably super confused right now, but there was a ton of drama behind the show. Yeah. A lot of people were getting upset and, all jokes aside, it's not a perfect show. It's also not a completely worthless garbage show. Like, it's definitely somewhere between those two points. But both sides ended up getting going completely off the deep end. Yeah, so. I don't have, like, an issue with, like, pervy jokes. Like, Konosuba is one of my favorite shows. And there's a ton of, like, pervy jokes. But, like, this is this show is a hentai. It's not etchy. It's hentai. So, like... Oh, absolutely. It's just the, the censored version made it an etchy, essentially. But... That's just what that. The next show we both watched and both dropped, and that was Aru no Sora, which is the basketball episode or the basketball show. And I'll start on this one. The reason why I dropped it is one basketball sh match 
their game took like eight episodes and is essentially two episodes per quarter and they were playing like six minute quarters and it was just the pacing was the one of the worst pacings i've ever seen in a show and i dropped it and they're also awful at basketball like the logic that they use they have a the main character in this is short they have a scene where they're playing against another team and the tallest player is being guarded by the shortest player and the dude's just like i can't shake this dude off of me I'm like, that's not how basketball works. If you are tall, you outclass the small dude, especially in the paint. This this is all taking place like underneath the basket. It's like, there's no reason why this should be an issue. And just somebody who loves basketball, it just drove me crazy. And the pacing was just awful. Um, your thoughts yeah. on the show? I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's slow. I don't think the characters are really all that interesting outside like the first few episodes they appear in. Like, during the matches, almost no character development happens. And, like you said, it takes eight episodes for a game that isn't even important. Yeah, like it's this like a, game it's has like a nothing to do with anything. It's just the practice match. The, the only, like, real character I like is, like, the bad boy brother who, like, had motivation because, like, a girl was the manager. Like, that was real... To me, that was funny because it gave him motivation to play basketball. Everyone else I don't care about. And the main character, uh, Aru, I believe his name is, uh, shoots 100% from three-pointers. Like, he's better than Steph Curry at shooting threes. And this is supposed to be, like... This isn't, like, a Kirk on a basket where they have magic and shit. Like, this is supposed to be, like, a legit basketball show... And he's shooting 100% from threes because he practices. It's like, that's not how it works. I hate to tell you. So it's yeah, just as so guy could back the short guy down in the paint. Like so many things that just don't happen that you're just like, how is, I don't know. It, it's when you're watching Haikyuu and then going to this, it's just like night and day difference in terms of quality. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause Haikyuu like has like an accurate portrayal of volleyball a little bit obviously is over like dramatized like i'm not gonna say it's like a realistic adaptation but like it's supposed to be like they legit like go into it where like height is a real issue in volleyball and it doesn't matter if you can jump twice as high if i'm twice as tall as you i can still block you like that's a realistic adaptation of volleyball where this is like hey i'm five foot one and i'm guarding a six foot six dude I can't shake him off. It's like, just pass that dude the ball. He'll score a layup every single time. They're not getting double teamed. And just somebody like, if you like basketball, you will hate this show. If you know nothing about basketball, it's probably fine. Uh, let's see. What's another show that we dropped together? Uh, Infinite Dendo Dendogram. That was the VR like fantasy show. I lasted one episode. I think I... Made it three or four. I know I made it at least three. Uh, then, uh, do you want to take the lead on this oh. one since you watched it a little more than I did? All right. So you got main character wannabe Kirito, blonde Kirito, ends up getting into this MMO because his brother asks him to. And this game, it's almost like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 where they get freaking like blade weapons to join them, which are all happen to be like chicks that can transform into different styles of weapon. But I really can't even tell you what the point of the story is. It's kind of just like, let's go on an adventure. And come this episode, I guess we're coming across a PK or it's, there's really no focus of it. And somehow the main character, even though he's like level one, keeps ending up with these like ungodly powers while everyone else in the world somehow who's been playing much longer is like left in his like wake or something i it's it's not good there's better mmo anime this season than this yes okay so my biggest problem with like i know it's not like an isekai but you know like the augmented reality rpg style of shows is that if you die in the game it should have a purpose or it should have something like negative effects to the game their like penalty for dying is like you have to like wait like eight hours again to like re-log in it's like nobody would play this game if i died in the in an mmorpg and i had to wait eight hours to play again i'd quit like it made no sense it's nothing like 
Sword Art Online were in the original, let's say, for example, where if you get killed, you die. So it made dying, like, like a real thing. Or, like, in Log Horizon, where if you die, you lose your mental state and you go crazy. Like, it has a reason, or it has, like, a purpose of, like, why you're playing the game. There was no reason to play this game. Like, it was just really boring fantasy compared to another show we will talk about later this season, which was so much better at, like, adapting that, like, fun play style of a VR augmented RPG. And, yeah, I lasted one episode and I saw the purpose, or, like, the what happens if you die. I'm like, drop. Awful. I don't know. Those waifu weapons are so weird, too. Like, I, I don't understand how a game like that's supposed to work, where everyone's given a special weapon at the beginning and some people's weapons are just better than others so it's like well if you're not one of the chosen ones who get like these legendary weapons that make you op at level one like what's the point of playing yeah i think that like the main character isn't just like so strong that he's killing the best players right off the bat but it's pretty much told from from the beginning that his like I don't even know what they call him. His female companion that he gets is a special one that's just better than any other basic class. So, like, he's just got this advantage from the get-go, which just isn't... It isn't realistic, and it's not entertaining to watch because it's like you were just given a cheat code. And if that was the case, it's, like, another reason. Like, why would I play this game if somebody gets special treatment? Like, is it, like, a pay-to-win game where, like, you spend real money... You get like better gear because that has happened, but like that wasn't the case in this one. So, front runner yeah, for it's... me for like one of the worst animes of the year, and I only lasted fourteen minutes of episode one. Oh yeah, I, it was probably my least favorite of the year too. All right, let's, and I tried uh, it in both Japanese and English because someone was on Twitter was saying the English dub is really good, and so I tried to watch that, and that was when I got to episode three, and I'm like, I still don't see the appeal of the show. Sure. All right, let's uh, let's start trash talking some other shows real quick. I'm gonna just do like a real r- quick rundown of like three other shows that I only watched, and then we'll finish up with Adam with you with Plunderer, uh, Nekopara, which was the cute girls, cute cat girls being waitresses. I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm 29 years old. This show is not made for 29 year olds. I watched t- two episodes. It was cute, but it's like I got nothing from it, so I dropped it. Uh, also, that oh. show was based on an adult game. So yeah. it's kind of weird that it's made for kids when it's a hentai game. Yeah, and people were, like, defending it because the creator of Nekopara is a female. But I'm like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter who the creator is. Like, it's still just, I don't know. That's another topic for another day. It's just, it's not for me. There's another show that was like that was uh, ID Invaded. I actually thought it was an alright show. It's just not my show. And I dropped that one as well. Uh, Smile Down the Runway had a really cool premise of uh, fashion models and fashion design. And it had a really cool premise of, like, the main character. There's two main characters. One's, like, this really cute blonde girl whose dad owns a fashion agency. And so it makes sense why she's in fashion. And the other dude is a home ec club dude at, like, a random high school. And in two episodes, he goes from home ec uh, student to literally designing clothes on Japan's, like, most prominent runway show in two episodes i'm like what how does that work and it was just really really bad and then inspector which is one of the crunchyroll originals the characters were kind of cool i really like the main character like lolly-ish character even though she's like 20 or something in the show it doesn't matter but like she was like a really fun main character but the story is that they're fighting this ghost that was made on the internet by rumors and that's like the if there that was the case, it'd be a hundred million ghosts running around everywhere in the world. And this, but for this show, there's one rumor spawned to go. So I was like, this story is so dumb. So I dropped it. Adam, do you want to talk about Plunderer? Oh yeah, Plunderer. So people say it gets better later on. I didn't get far enough in it to verify that because <laughs> the main character is a rapist. I. That's about all I can say. The very first episode, like, they try to set up the world, which I think they do a pretty good job on. The idea that the world's run by numbers, and if you have a higher number than someone, you have more power. And if your number runs to zero, you get pulled 
down into the depths of hell. It's like it's an interesting concept, but the main hero of the show just spends the first three episodes groping women. And I'm not even kidding. Their entire third episode is him trying to hide away from the police. And when a police officer chick finds him, he goes on a fake date with her while he's wearing a mask and just trying to like use her as a lap pillow, rub on her thighs, get his face to go into her cleavage. Just he's a rapist. It's like if you took Meliodas from seven deadly sins, you took that general story too. Cause it's very similar. And then you just cranked that whole like rapiness up to like 11 or 12. It's Which is really unreal. hard to do. Cause yeah, Meliodas it's absolutely is absolutely unreal. Well, how about we move away from shows that we hate into shows that we like? And that one we, yeah. next one we had was the second season of Isekai Quartet. And we had the quote-unquote edition of the Rising of the Shield Hero, but they were really only in like two and a half episodes, maybe, really. It was still mostly the main cast of the original Isekai Quartet and then the same hijinks. But overall, to me, I thought this was a better season than the first one, just I really liked some of the interactions that they had. The interaction where they were trying to steal wine so they could get drunk from the principal was a really funny episode. And then just some other, like, trying to put together, like, their school festival was kind of, like, a funny, like, like, because they kind of do parodies of shows. So they're, like, kind of parodying, like, school festivals. They're like, all right, we need to think of something to do. They're like, crepe stand, maid cafe, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, the same things you see from every other, like, school festival, so... Really funny. Adam, your thoughts on East Sky Quartet Season 2? I kind of... So, I this is another one that I ended up binging. I enjoyed it. I think I gave it... I'm going to like kind of cheat here. I think I gave it a 7 out of 10. So, like, I didn't According hate to me, you gave it an 8. Alright, then I gave it an 8. <laughs> I, whatever I sent to you is what I gave it. I saw 8 out of 10. But somewhere down the line, I feel like I wanted more shield hero in this. For sure. I think like, a lot of people did. Like that My biggest gripe is I didn't get enough of that. I really liked the part with uh, Rem and Aqua in like episode 10, maybe it was episode 9, where Aqua is all like Nodding, not wanting to start over on the project for the festival that it got destroyed and Rem's like we'll just start over from now and it's very reminiscent of Rem's speech to Subaru and ReZero and then Aqua just kind of ruins it with the moment and Subaru chimes in with a like someone says like what did we just see there he's like we just watched a beautiful moment get destroyed and it's just <laughs> funny coming from him because that's exactly what he freaking did yeah they're, like they're those really types of references breaking, like... were the, absolutely great yeah they do they do a really good job of like connecting shows together and for, like taking like funny like serious moments from re-zero and turning it into a comedic scene in east guy quartet and then like we had last season with the hint of the shield hero we had the hint of cautious hero in or in season two where they made a brief appearance so it leads me to believe that they will probably be in season three and Cautious Hero would probably get a second season. Because we're seeing Crunchyroll like really like getting into buying Isekai properties and like the licensing agreements. We see it with them launching the Konosuba movie. And they had rights to that as well when it was in theaters. So I think Crunchyroll is seeing where like they can probably make a lot of money off of Isekai shows and they're gonna start buying up properties and like investing in these shows so people well, or sorry, they will include them in their shows, like Isekai Quartet. So, really interested to see what season three brings. Uh, I mean, those are just I, I have a lot of, like conspiracy theories with anime, and that's just one of them. So we'll just wait and see what happens. But I also gave it an eight. I thought it was slightly better than season one, except the OP wasn't as good as season one. Yeah, I think I think I enjoyed season one a little bit better. Just from what I remember, but like, there's nothing wrong with this series. If you like the first season and you haven't checked out the second season, you're in for a treat. For sure. All right. Next up we had, Oh, welcome to demon school. Irmakun. This is a show we semi reviewed the first core. And now that the show has been completed, 
Uh, we'll give our final reviews. It was confirmed that it is getting a second season for 2021. So I'm looking forward to that. But Adam, what are your thoughts on maybe the second half of this and then your overall thoughts on the show? My second, the second half of this, that... I'm just trying to remember where that cut off because this kind of all bleeds together for me. So it kind I think of the second it's half what, is the end of the battlers into the like idol arc, or I guess. So I had, the, even... I had the idols, and I also had like their uh, their battler with the whole um, like creating the, the fireworks scenes that they were going to make, and then it leads into the ending of that, and then that leads into the season two, which will happen in 2021. Yeah, um, I had a good time with it. Like, it's one of those shows that I don't think the overall plot is really why you watch it. The characters are like the entire appeal for me. And they started giving some of the other characters, like fleshing them out a bit more, which I really liked. I don't remember her name, but like the glasses wearing girl, you find out that she's actually like a secret pop idol. And you get her uh, like whole backstory of her parents and how they're like ice witches and they can't they can't really smile. I don't know. I thought I had a good time with the characters of the show. I don't really, the plot of the story means really nothing to me. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a silly show. It reminds me of like a Saturday morning cartoon. And I, for me, at least I thought the second season, lo- or sorry, the second part, the second core of season one, it kind of lost its charm towards the end. It kind of got, it went from being like this fun, silly show to like some kind of more serious moments which I understood, but they did kind of like back to back because even though that the idol arc, whatever that they had was kind of funny, it kind of had some like serious like elements to it. And I just wanted to laugh at the show. And I also wanted, I mean, you could give me Clara the entire episode and I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. I wish I had more Clara. Yeah. Um, I still think overall it was a fantastic show. This is one of the most underrated and underwatched shows for sure. And I think the first half I gave like a nine and the second half was more of like a seven. So I gave it an overall an eight. Yeah. This second half I gave a seven overall though. Yeah. I think I gave it a nine as well. So I think we landed exactly the same. It was a eight overall nine for the first half, seven for the second half. Yeah. I definitely recommend this show to almost everybody. It's just like a fun watch and it's dubbed and Clara is easily the front runner for best girl of the year. So you should watch her and have fun and get ready for season two in 2021. Yep. Next up, we had a show that only I watched, and that was Toilet Bound Hanukkah Kun. It's a story about a girl who meets a spirit in this like hidden bathroom named Hanako. And she finds out uh, her name is Nene. And she finds out that the school has seven spirits. And it's just the adventures of her meeting the other spirits. Uh, the show itself, the art design is incredible. The art animation is completely different. The animation was pretty shit, but the art animation itself is beautiful. It's so unique. I cannot stress how good that the art is in the show, but overall the animation was really bad. Uh, there's a lot of like, if people know what like still pan scenes are, so essentially what they'll do is they'll take a scene or like a picture They'll zoom in on like 50% of the picture and then move it from like left to right or right to left. And then they'll just put dialogue over it and that way they don't have to animate stuff. And they did that a lot. And so we got a lot of scenes where it's just a still picture and then there's dialogue. And every now and then it's fine. It was just way too much. I thought the story itself was kind of boring because it's just her meeting spirits, but there's no, there was no like end goal. There's no reason for her to really be doing this with Nene and then Hanako and then we get like this third like fake kind of like silly exorcist character it had its moments I would say probably check it out if you like like supernatural comedies at least check it out for its art you'll know right away if like this is the show for you or not but to me overall I thought it was pretty average show and I gave it a 6 out of 10 next up we have a show that only Adam watched and that was, I believe it's called Sentin Academy. So do you want to talk about Sentin Academy? Yeah. So Sentin Academy is about a school called Sentin Academy where all the students are animals. And so it's kind of like a Noah's Ark thing where they have just a few of every type of animal lit going to school here at this academy. And the main character, Rin, is a human. 
who doesn't like animals at all and has a crush on the only other human that's there, Hitomi. And he decides he's going to try to date her. And so he joins the cooking club and inadvertently throughout the first episode somehow finds himself getting recruited into the wolf pack of a girl named Ranka who also joins the cooking club and then essentially hilarity ensues. But uh, so the designs of the characters are really interesting. They take the female characters and they're all like 90% human with like 10% animal like traits. So like for you'll have cat girls and like sloth girls and panda girls and stuff like that. But then when it comes to the male characters, they do the complete opposite. And so they're like entirely animal form with like walking on their hind legs as their only human attributes and they talk. And so the characters basically start like the cooking, like I said, cooking club and they end up trying to recruit members and they end up going around helping out the different types of animals. And you learn different things about different types of animals in the animal kingdom. Like I guess that sloths only eat like five grams of leaves a day. And if they do pretty much anything, they overheat and their heart stops. And so it's a comedy romance, I guess leaning more for more so on the like educational comedy side. Uh, I really like some of the uh, ongoing jokes that they do. Like with, like I, I gave you the sloth example, the sloth girl in the show is really cute, but anytime she does pretty much anything, she dies and you have the wolf girl Renka like howling and like misery over her death. And that happens like two or three times an episode. Oh, it's pretty funny, but uh, it definitely isn't going to be on the top of anyone's list. I gave Sentin Academy a 6 out of 10. Alright. Uh, I say if you are looking for an animal show to watch, go watch Beastars, please. It's incredible. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Alright. Next up, we have a show that only I watched, and that was Somali and the Forest Spirit. And it's essentially it's a show where humans practically don't exist. They're essentially like an um, endangered species. And this forest spirit, who's just called Golem... Finds a little girl who he names Somali, and uh, they his goal and their goal is to try to find other humans because the golem has a thousand years to live and he's like nine hundred and ninety eight. So he decides that in his last two years he's gonna try to find Somali's parents or like more humans. And it's just an adventure story of like a father daughter relationship between these two because she calls him essentially father because she doesn't know any better because she's a child and i think the tags were like slice of life drama comedy this is a drama there's some slice of life elements to it but holy shit like there are a lot of like hard moments in the show and the pictures make it seem like something completely different it makes it seem like everyone's having fun and i don't know it was man there were some scenes that were like pretty that, that were hitting me pretty hard which was good it was good hitting me hard i should say um if you want a good cry if you want a really cute girl and like a great dad uh element like uh this is one of the better ones that i've seen it's better than sweetness and lightning and even though he's a golem with like no emotions he's still like it's kind of cool how you see him like develop and try to understand humans because humans are so unique to their world. And overall, I thought it was a really good show. Um, yeah, but you will probably cry to the show. But it had a great ending. If it doesn't get a season two, that's okay. I thought the ending to season one was pretty good. But overall, I gave it an eight. And last on our list is a show that we were saving for. Kind of hinted at it earlier. And that's Bofuri. I don't want to get hurt, so I max out my defense. A show about essentially two girls, but one main girl, Maple, and her adventures in a VR augmented RPG style show. Adam, please give me your thoughts on Bofuri. It is the epitome of the cute girl doing cute things and also the overpowered like video game protagonist show. It combines the best parts of both of them. I could not agree more with you. Um, I made a tweet earlier in the season that how I was enjoying Bofuri 
and that it really wasn't doing anything like groundbreaking but it was still like a really funny show and that completely changed this show is the epitome of fun the show was just so much fun it was silly it was kind of like i know that she's like insanely overpowered but there were some things that like actually made sense and i know ab you played classic wow a little bit but it kind of made me remind me of something in classic wow because essentially she could like one shot somebody with her shield and classic wow there was a thing where paladins could dodge and every time that they dodged the next like auto attack or something would like do like 50 percent damage and it stacked which means the more times you dodged and you didn't attack uh the damage increased so like there's like these exploits of like people like dodging and then like not auto attacking and then they, they could essentially like one shot world bosses and this happened in like real mmorpgs and in this game it kind of happened where she finds kind of like exploits and then it happens and then they get patched and then she gets nerfed but then she just finds the next exploit and then that gets nerfed and like it's silly where she's like not like the bland bitch protagonist because she is finding things in the game that are there that aren't just like bullshit like they're just exploits and i like that the fact that they don't go like unnoticed it's like oh shit maple found another exploit let's implement a new patch yeah it's so the what you were referring to the reckoning bomb reckoning, right yeah the paladin reckoning yeah yeah it's yeah pretty much she just like you said finds exploits but she doesn't do it like she's out there searching for it like you would like see a speed runner do like where they're trying to like get speed tech she just kind of goes around being herself and happens into these situations like the whole thing starts with she doesn't want to get hurt so she maxes out her defensive stat but that allows her to like quite literally fall asleep during battle because she's tired and keeps getting hit by poison to the point where she becomes poison immune and then has poison healing and stuff like that. So it's just like maple being maple causes her to be the most overpowered, awesome character. And she's adorable. And the, the, like the side characters are great too. Like the two girls wielding like giant ass two handed hammers and like pounding people is just so much fun. And then like, she has like her, Another thing that was kind of cool is, like, their party is, like, kind of, like, overpowered, but they're not the only overpowered people in the game, and I like that a lot. Like, they have, like, not just one overpowered person, they have guilds of, like, super powerful people, and they're, like, having legit battles of, like, MMO-style, like, battles that you would, like, think of if you played, like, Warsong Gulch and something like that. Like, if you had, like, a five-on-five -five arena match or something like that, like... It was really fun to see, like, these are the best players of the game fighting each other. And it's not like Kirito, who just, like, one-shot somebody or something like that. It's like, nah, like, some people lose on their team. And they, like, a lot, some, in one case, they actually lose a fight. So it's, like, it's really cool just to see, like, different aspects of an MMO having fun while also being serious at the same time. Like, I shouldn't say serious because it's not, like, a serious show. But, like, serious to, like, the game elements that they're playing in. And, like... Her pet turtle uh, syrup was so cute and adorable. And, man, there's so many great things to say about the show. And I even tweeted that there's no way that this show is getting a second season. And then they announced that it's getting a second season. And I was like, I'm really happy I'm wrong sometimes. So, I am. I'm looking forward to season two. This was one of the best shows um, of the season. It's probably be, I mean, it's funny that you see a style of show like this. It's probably going to be one of the best shows of the year for me. Yeah, it's a show that I'm definitely going to be re-watching, too. Like, right before the second season comes out. And can we just talk about, just for a, a moment, her naming scheme for everything? Her name is Maple. She calls her Turtle Syrup, and she calls the guild the Maple Tree. Yeah. I fucking love that. <laughs> There's so many, like, callbacks to, like, MMOs and stuff that they have. And it just, they stayed true while also being silly at the same time. And if Yeah, world events and stuff are, like, awesome to watch when they're like, oh, the new event's coming out, and you're like, oh, sweet. And then it's like, it's going to come with an expansion to, like, a newer, deeper area of the game, which increases the level cap. You're like, yes, this is what I waited for. This is how MMOs work. Yes. Um, one of 
the most I've never I shouldn't say I never had. It's one of honestly one of the most fun I've ever had watching a show. I'll put it that way. It's just pure fun. And even if you don't like find the appeal of like cute girls doing cute things, it's still an amazing show. Um I gave it a nine. Um it's contending with Izuken for like anime of the season and it's probably gonna be one of the best shows of the year. I also gave it a nine and for me this was the best show that I watched this year so far it's so crazy to say that because i normally don't rate isekais that high or sorry not isekais but like fantasy style shows like this that high and this show just whatever it did it just grabbed me and i loved it and it, it shows like this that make me like i'm not quite like peter i really enjoy watching these shows even the bad ones i can find some enjoyment out of but this stands above all of those other shows and regardless of whether you're a hardcore isekai fantasy type fan or not you will enjoy this show it's just that good absolutely well that's the last show that we had on our docket uh thanks again for watching ab do you have anything to say before we head out uh no i guess just stay safe out there if you're in quarantine pick up some anime watch some stuff we got a great season ahead of us so uh put put down in the comments what shows you liked from this last season and what you're looking forward to in the current one yes and look forward to next week anime jeopardy round two it's gonna be a bunch of fun and i look forward to playing along and hearing people's reviews on that one as well but once again thanks from me and from adam we will be seeing you next time